Welcome to Brain-Based Parenting, the Boys Ranch podcast for families. We all know how hard being a parent is, and sometimes it feels like there are no good answers to the difficult questions families have when their kids are struggling. Our goal each week will be to try and answer some of those tough questions utilizing the knowledge, experience, and professional training Cal Farley's Boys Ranch has to offer. Now here is your host, Cal Farley Staff Development Coordinator, Joshua Sprock. Welcome everyone and thank you for joining us again today as we discuss the next part of our model of leadership and service, belonging. Today I'm joined by Suzanne Wright, our Vice President of Training and Intervention. Hey Josh. Mike Wilhelm, our Senior Chaplain. Hey Josh. And Sam Serna, the Assistant Administrator for Residential Programs. Hi, Josh. Welcome, y'all. And today, we're going to be talking about belonging. But before we get into that, we'll always start with our question of the day. So, are you guys ready for our first hard-hitting, deep, philosophical question? Yes. Fire away. (laughs) (laughs) So, today's question is, what is the weirdest or most intriguing group that you've ever belonged to? I was in this choir when I was in junior high. And we had to do a fundraiser every year. And part of this fundraiser was that people would call us and order pumpkins. And these pumpkins, they would have delivered to a friend or family member. So we would have to take these pumpkins to people's houses and then knock on their door. And then we'd have to sing them a song. It was called Pumpkin and a Song. And it was crazy. Like most of the people had no idea that we were going to show up. So we'd knock on the door. There'd be four or five of us and with a big pumpkin and just say, hi, we're here and start singing. And they, they just were so bewildered. And sometimes people were like in their just t-shirt and underwear. It was, <laughs> it was weird for middle school kids to be a part of. So that was my weirdest. What about you guys? Now I want to know first, was there just one song that you always sang? <laughs> yeah, we had one song, song that we always was kind of our intro. And then we could do like, they could request us to sing one other song. Okay, and what is the song? Yeah, you want to I don't remember. <laughs> you, you may have to take time to remember. Well, here it is. It was Happy Halloween, Trick or Treat or Two. We're here from the Casper Children's Corral to sing a song for you. Oh, nice. That Woo! was worth well waiting for. Well done. Bravo. Well, I, I've always been into role-playing games ever since I was a kid, and I... Uh, got involved with a, a, another person. He was going to be our dungeon master and and he got me to read the books and learn how to play and all that. Well, um, so I end up going to the library one morning and then I find his other friends, which I'm now going to be part of this group, um, all staring at a pencil in the middle of a table. And I asked my friend, what, what are they doing? And he said, they're trying to make it move with their mind. And I'm like, like the force? And like, yeah, kind of <laughs> like that. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> so, uh, I just stuck to the game playing after that and avoided the library in the morning. So you never got the pencil to move? Never got the pencil to <laughs> move. Well, we, well, the, the mo- weirdest and most intriguing group was is uh, the Chuck Norris Coffee Club. <laughs> yes! Sounds awesome. And, uh, and it was, uh, there were that started out with just three boys ranch boys and uh then they started inviting others but they it was by invitation only <laughs> at the chapel in a secret room and you had to know the password and i would roast coffee and we would make special coffee and they would they would sample it we would have a short prayer and then we'd just have a discussion around all kinds of different topics 
and we and we t- scotch taped a picture of Chuck Norris up every time we held a meeting <laughs> up on the wall. And what was really cool about it was this group of boys really did not have much of a sense of belonging out here, and they were not Christians, and they had very different beliefs about spirituality and things. But we had a very special group, and I I, I miss that group. Love those guys, the Chuck Norris Coffee Club. That's so great. Now you know. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. I never knew that group existed. Yeah, it must have been pretty elite. I yeah, pretty elite, really right? We were clandestine. Yeah. All right. So last time we talked about safety as the core of our model of leadership. This week we're going to cover a topic that I think goes hand in hand with safety, and that's belonging. Mm. So what does belonging mean to you guys? I think belonging is being part of something bigger than yourself and having connections with other people. Yeah, belonging to me is finding a group and finding um, some kind of mutual like or or people who are like-minded um, and also being a contributing member of that group. And I'd say a couple key elements would be that you are valued and you are accepted. Mm. Yeah, just adding to what you and Sam and Suzanne said. So how does safety fit into belonging? I think you have to feel safe in order to feel like you belong. Uh, you've probably all been part of a group or you know exposed to a group where you had the feeling that you did not fit in, you did not belong, and you didn't feel safe. So I think that those two things are intertwined. So why is it so important to belong? Well, I think we're all biologically programmed to find each other and to find a group. I mean... Humans aren't built to survive on their own. And so it's instinctive to try to find people to help you with things. As children, we can't do things for ourselves. As babies, you know, our mothers or our caregivers have to care for us. So by nature, we have to find a group of of people that can make me feel safe and can make us feel like we belong. that, That would be where we find love. It's where we receive it and where we are able to uh, practice love and anything short is either isolation or we're being either driven away or we're being used by people and but it is in community it's in belonging that we experience love we were created in god's image to be in relationship Mm -hmm. with one another we weren't really created to Um, be on an island all by ourselves trying to figure out life alone. That's too hard. And so we've been given the gift of relationship in order to find support amongst each other and and also to provide that support to each other. You know, one of the interesting things about the model that we're talking about, because last week we talked about safety and belongings um, on outside of that. So, but it, it goes both ways. If I don't feel safe. It's hard to belong. But if I don't belong, how can I be safe? Mm. Agreed. Yeah, I've always heard that our brains are always scanning the environment. Am I in the group or am I out of the group? And if I'm in the group and I belong, then I feel safe and I'm okay and I can be safe and successful. But if I'm not in the group, if I'm outside, then I'm not safe and I'll do whatever I have to do to get back into the group and so I can be safe. Well said. I assume that we'll, we'll talk some more about those unhealthy relationships. So I have a theory, and you guys can tell me what you think about it. So I think most, if not all kids, and maybe really all people, want to belong. Am I way off on this theory? No, I, th- I think that 
you're dead on, that we all have that innate need to belong, but it's not easy for everyone. Uh, some people find belonging quicker than others. And for some, some others, it takes a longer amount of time to find people that they feel safe with or people that they feel connected to or have common interest with. It's a process. It, it takes effort mm. to find belonging. It doesn't always happen automatically. Why do you think it takes some people longer than others to find that? I think it may depend on their interests. It may depend on their history of trauma. It may, it may be that they don't feel they have access to people they can trust. I think it, it's a combination of things that have happened in a person's history that determine how quickly they can affiliate with a group of people. Mm-hmm. I, I do think all people want to belong, and I think it, uh, some of it's a, a circumstance. So, you know, I know of a, a young friend of mine when we were young, he, he grew up kind of in an isolated area where there was only very few peers his age. So he had a couple of choices of peers, it, and those peers were maybe more athletic and, and things like that. And so in a way, they kind of took advantage of him, and, but he didn't have a choice but to continue to go and play with those peers because there was nobody else and he always sought out the uh the the peers because that's like i said it's who else is he going to play with besides just hanging out by himself don't you think that the whole phenomenon of the internet and social media shows that as a rule for the most part people want to belong but uh the sad reality in that case is there's a um, abundance of connection, but really not much depth of relationship or yeah. authentic belonging. And it's, it's sort of a mirage that mimics belonging, but I don't think we're doing so well with it. And I'm probably going off on a tangent a bit with that. But don't you think that's a sign, though, that people really do want to belong? I do. I think there's so many opportunities for people to connect with others who are like-minded on the internet, but it can be a superficial connection. Yeah, it's, it's always the hunt for the likes, or or I, I know sometimes I get invited to groups, or you want to be part of this group, and you got to answer the special questions <laughs> to get in yeah. the group, right? And, and all that is, is for me personally, it's a search. It's a search like, oh, these people like this thing that I like, and let me see if we can converse about it. And and you're and these people are, I don't know who they are or where they are, and I do believe for children too, it's the same thing. They are, um, you're right, social media and technology is really giving us the ability to reach and find more people, but how meaningful are those connections, right? When the connections that they should be making are the ones nearest to them with their families and or their caregivers. Yeah, I often wonder how many of those friends on social media are going to be there at your side when something really happens. And maybe we're selling our close personal relationships out, and when we need those, they're not going to be there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting yeah. thing. One time I did a GoFundMe for a family member who passed, right? So I have tons of people on social media, but guess who funded the GoFundMe? Is the people that I have close mm-hmm. personal rela- uh, connections with in my life. So how does a sense of belonging increase a child's confidence? Well, Sam used a word um, just in the last few moments, and it was acceptance. 
right? And so if I feel like I belong, I feel like I'm accepted by others, that naturally leads me to have more confidence. Also, um, the confidence comes in the group. You know, being part of a bigger group kind of makes you braver. I I don't always like the idea of talking on a podcast, but I'm with trusted friends, <laughs> and they give me the strength to do what's needed. We're all in the same place. We're all trying to achieve the same goal, and so that does increase the belonging and the the confidence. That, that fear of inadequacy or being shown inadequate is a is a whopper, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You sure say? Is. Yeah. And and probably close closely associated with shame, and that really does uh, keep us from being our best if that fear is ruling in our lives. And there's nothing there's not a better remedy for that than just to be in a company of people that value you and accept you. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, there may be no worse feeling than being asked to leave or forced to leave a group. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. So what are some warning signs that might cause a caregiver to worry that their child is struggling with belonging? I always think of two, you know, two different areas. Um, You know, when a child doesn't have belonging, they may withdraw um, or retreat or, you know, isolate themselves. But I think the other side of that is sometimes children want to belong so badly they'll do anything to mm-hmm. fit in. And so they they may really want to be part of a group but not have the correct social skills to find friendships within that group. And so I think those are two different two different issues, but both um, are problems with belonging. And, and young people have it hard. It's not just about social skills. It's also yeah. about your socioeconomic status and many things that young people um, care about. Uh, young people are very unforgiving as well, mm-hmm. which makes other young people just feel terrible. So how could how could, it, it's no surprise that maybe a, a child will withdraw or feel it's not worth it to go out there and try to find a group or have friends because they don't feel valued enough to have them or worthy even. So what happens to cause people to struggle to find that sense of belonging? I think it's just like what we talked about. I think sometimes others reject you. And if you're rejected, it's very difficult um, or maybe confidence breaking to try to go out there and make connections again. It's, 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 it's hard. It's one thing when you fail at, a, at, at throwing a football. It's a whole other thing mm-hmm. when you fail with a relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I think that um, sometimes we, we struggle um, to accept people into our group because it's about judgment, mm-hmm. right? Man, being a kid is so hard. I wouldn't do it over again <laughs> for, nope. for anything in the world, no. right? And so, you know, the, the, the kids in any particular group, um, they're all struggling to find themselves too, right? And sometimes it's easy for them to judge somebody who's outside of the group. Um, and, and that child who's outside of the group boy, they sure feel that judgment, right? I was always surprised when my children were young and started school, even in kindergarten, kids start to compare to other kids. So so even in kindergarten, they would say things like, you know, this child's the fastest runner in our class, but this child is the slowest, mm-hmm. or this one has, oh, has sure. the longest hair, or this one um, is slow in math, or, mm-hmm. you know, so they they start to just compare themselves to to other kids um and and that's where it starts and then it never stops right i think that even into adulthood 
sometimes we negatively compare ourselves to others. And I think, again, going back to your comment about social media, you know, people are putting their highlight reel Mm -hmm. on social media. Here are all the wonderful things in my life and look at my beautiful house. And they don't show you the room where they shoved all the laundry, you know, and they don't show you um, the struggles that they have. And then we start to compare ourselves to a highlight reel instead of another person's reality. Right. And that comparison is so difficult. And that is the same thing that kids struggle with is, you know, the comparison of what they perceive their reality to be to the highlight reel of other people's lives. Mm. Well, yeah, to get back to what Sam said, that to have just one failure, humiliating failure with belonging could be so devastating that that that's a hard setback to overcome. Um, But then going with what Suzanne said, I appreciate that, that social media piece, um, not to just beat a drum here, but it, it's significant right now. And there's, there is a, a world there that's not real and there can be an idealized mm-hmm. uh, way of the way I think of a, a relationship, a belonging, a community should be a marriage relationship. And the minute in real time and space, not in front of the screen with a real human being that that the little hiccups happen uh, i don't know that we're that um people are always um have a healthy set of expectations and know how to work through that yeah. so i think people might just recede uh withdraw to the internet and stop trying and that's not everybody that's an overgeneralization but i do think that's happening yeah i'm often worrying that we're finding more connection and belonging to our technology than to actual real live flesh and blood people. I think, uh, you know, a good example of all of that was when we worked at home um, during 2020 and those connections that we relied on every day, you know, the, the three of us, three of the four of us work in the same building. And so we greeted each other every day and, Mike works in a separate building, but is frequently here in our offices. And so we were able to see each other. Hey, how was your day? What'd you do over the weekend? You know, um, what's going on with your kids? And then all of a sudden we were isolated and we were only connecting over Zoom or Teams or other forms of social media. And we really missed out on a lot of belonging mm-hmm. that I I don't know that we were we understood that we relied on it that much until we didn't have it. So what are some ways that we can help our children feel like they belong? For instance, all my life I've heard playing sports is a good way to get, help get kids plugged into a group. Is this a good place for parents and kids to start? I think it could be a good place and there are certainly lots of sports activities available to younger children, but not every child finds their belonging in a sport. For some kids, it may be dance class or a 4-H activity or uh, involvement in an activity at their church. I think you have to look at what your child's natural interests and talents are Mm -hmm. and then build on those rather than choosing like a specific sport for them and wanting them to be successful in that sport. 
Yeah, that's the sports piece is a tricky one. Uh, the answer is yes and and no. It, it certainly, like Suzanne said, could be. It's necessarily performance based. It, it competition is is a strong thread that runs through it, and there's a lot of character positive character formation that can happen through that. Um, now the trade off is. Um, it could also be very hierarchical, and, and a, a child that just is n- not that good at a sport, you could find yourself, unless you're in with a real, some really good leadership with a, a coach or whoever's running that program, if it's at, at school or if it's a AAU program or whatever it is, if you have a special coach that makes sure everybody feels valued and that they belong uh, that that can work for everybody, I suppose. But unfortunately, those are probably more the exception than the rule, don't you think? I do think. I think that there are, you know, again, kids compare themselves to, to other kids. And so obviously there are going to be children who excel at whatever that sport is. And the children who don't excel may not feel like they're part of the group or, or they mean they may not feel like they have value in the group and also helping a kid feel belonging most likely starts at home I mean we we have to value our children and encourage them and recognize their strengths even at a very young age um, I was not an athlete they recognized my parents recognized I had a little bit of intelligence so they gave me math stuff to do and letters to write and things to increase the things I was already good at, right? My islands of competency. So those things are what, where I found value, right? And so then I would join clubs like, um, oh, I can't remember, but UIL events, mm-hmm. science events, things like that I was good at because I was not an athlete. There's no way I was going to play. I tried. It didn't work out for me. And I actually felt maybe a little devalued because I just wasn't very good at those things. And it, I didn't play. And so, but I did get to compete in all the, the, the um, academic, academic. academic things. You know, back to your question, Josh, about um, some ways to help a child feel like they belong. For everyone to do the hard work of practicing forgiveness, and that with most of us, it's going to start with self-forgiveness, um, drawing close to God, understanding His forgiving heart, and then being able to truly extend that to the kids in our lives, the the people in our lives, and as much, however much we might struggle with forgiveness, it's really going to. Uh, compromise a sense of belonging. So that piece of really uh, doing the spiritual work to be become a, more and more of a forgiving person is going to be key. I think it's it's going to be helpful for us too as adults to uh, remember our behavior on the sidelines of any <laughs> of any group activity, right? For kids, so you know you've probably all been at. Um, athletic events for young children, elementary children, and then you saw adults on the sidelines who lost their mind over a referee call or um, yelled something unkind and ungrateful at a child on the opposing team. And think about, you know, what does that do to that child's belonging, right? Um, Belonging is something that, that we role model for kids and yet sometimes as adults we can we can be really thoughtless in um what we say and in how we behave you know with that this piece sometimes we can that belonging piece there's there's value in the belonging with peers which is a lot of age segregated type of clubs and things like that there's value in a place for that 
there's a real hazard here and a tendency where we can do that at the neglect of intergenerational relationships and old-fashioned community. And I would highly recommend to any listeners, find ways to introduce your children to silver-haired people (laughs) where they would play a meaningful role in their life. Your kid will be all all the better for it. You know, I like that, Mike, and I think also it's never too late to start you know, for listeners. I mean, if, if you're hearing this for the first time and, and this is all new concepts, start somewhere. Start helping your kids feel valued and loved and cared for and uh, put them in, in groups or even, like I said, the basic group is the family. So it's never too late to get started to, to start moving into, onto a different, better path. Thank you all for joining us today. I hope you feel like this podcast is a safe place for you to belong. And remember, you might have to loan out your frontal lobe today. Just make sure you get it back. Thank you for listening to Brain-Based Parenting. We hope you enjoyed this show. If you would like more information about Cal Farley's Boys Ranch, are interested in employment, would like information about placing your child, or would like to help us help children by donating to our mission, please visit calfarley.org. You can find us on all social media platforms by searching for Cal Farley's. Thank you for spending your time with us and have a blessed day.